Welcome to another episode of Consider This Question. Today we will be looking at um, a continuation of our last podcast. Um, two of us are different, one of us is the same. I'm not going to sing the Sesame Street song. Two of these things are not like the last episode. But we will be talking about how uh, we are helping. So that's the question. How are we helping the people uh, here at Sunnybrook um, with their pornography use? And when we say that, obviously, it's uh, with the purpose of redemption, restoration, confession, all of those different things. And so uh, my name is Jim. Um, I'm one of the pastors here at Sunnybrook. And uh, I've got in the studio with me, again, Scott Irwin, who works with our college students, and then the great Sharon dun, Doherty. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun, dun. The wise one, the sage of the group. There's a, no, song, there's a song written about her. Oh, yeah. My Sharona. You guys are really. <laughs> anyway, we do. No, but this I mean, con- subject must be uncomfortable for you. <laughs> <laughs> should I do We're my, compensating. Should I do my nervous laughter? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh but, you know, honestly, maybe, maybe not that the subject matter obviously is nothing but very sad and serious, but. Uh, um, when I say that how much we really do appreciate Sharon, Sharon we really do cover quite a bit on situations like this and others that are really yep. complicated. Um, for as much as uh, I don't know if I'm if I'm not speaking accurately about you, Scott, you can change this. But I know that for myself, I've got a lot of theological training. I've taken classes even at the graduate level on what counseling looks like, so I have an idea of it. But the majority of counseling I do with anyone comes from a strongly, uh, you know, theological perspective, mm-hmm. um, which again, Sharon does as well, but mm-hmm. she's got some very specific training on how um, how counseling really does benefit and help people. And then she brings obviously her theology and her, mm-hmm. her God commitment into that. So we really do appreciate you um, being on the, in the studio with us, Sharon. Um, she's asked that every question begins with Scott, so we'll see how he deflects this. But <laughs> let's just get right to the point. You know, the, the podcast last time was really a, a great response. And obviously the word pornography is going to catch some people's attention. But I've loved the fact that a number of people have said, wow, it's the first time I've heard uh, anyone talk about pornography use, particularly by women. And so this really has, um, well, you, I just, it's funny how you can't really even say things like it sparked an interest in pornography. <laughs> we hope it hasn't done that. Yeah. You know, we really hope it hasn't done that, but we are hoping that we're being um, intentional, not careful, for afraid, but uh, appropriately discerning in terms of how to talk yeah. about this subject matter. Um, and, uh, Anyway, so that's even why I wanted to be on the podcast, because I think it's critical that we talk about it. So I'm going to jump into this, Scott. Um, What does it actually look like when you're trying to help someone uh, overcome pornography? And it's interesting, pornography problem, the the sin of pornography, pornography use. What does that actually look like in the the situations that you're in helping them? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I was thinking about this question, and I think it's probably worth even just me sharing my experience, um, you know, there's a reason why you guys refer to me as the porn guy, <laughs> but you know, it's because there's, th- that's definitely in my past and I, and I, and I've worked through a process and, and for me, the process has included, um, a, a, a confession, um, to, to a brother. That was the first time I talked about it. Um, I think I was 24 years old. Um, um, was able to confess to him. We were able to establish some accountability, and I thought in my I thought in my kind of immature thinking, ah, once I tell somebody about it, and once I have to report this to somebody, so to speak, 
I won't do it. I'll be too afraid. So you were looking for freedom yes, from it. Absolutely. Not, not just a, uh, I want to stay in it. And this yeah. is kind of the, no. I got to be honest about it. I got caught. No. You're talking about, no, I really want to no. be free of this. If I confess yeah. it, I'll find freedom. No, yeah. God was, I mean, it, God was, I, I pictured God pressing his thumb down on me. And it was just pressing and pressing and pressing until I was going to either explode or tell someone. Okay. I mean, I was going to, I mean, I just, I saw this, I'm going to lose everything or I can start telling someone about it. And um, that I was very clear. It was a very clear moment. And I just happened to have a brother who was open to me and we started talking and, and my confession led to his confession. And then we brought another staff member in, another friend in. So you're a pastor at the time. I was, I was um, brand new out of Bible college uh, in my first year in ministry. Sure. Um, so that made it, you know, getting up and going to work was, uh, wow. Anyway, cause the Holy Spirit's working on you. Oh, like, absolutely. I mean, I love, it's it good was, for us to make those connections, right? Holy was, Spirit's it working was brutal. on It was brutal. So, you know, so I confessing and having accountability, I thought I was going to fix it. Uh, found out that didn't fix it. Um, <laughs> just talking about it doesn't fix it, but it was important, an important part of the, of the, of the process. The next phase, if you will, was I need to I need to know everything I can about this. Uh, I need to know why. I need to know. Mm-hmm. I need to start reading. I need to. Mm-hmm. We started a Every Man's Battle Group. I mean, we, you know, reading books and and doing. I did this um, this uh, online thirty day um, program that that you know cost a pretty penny and was a sacrifice to do, but you know I needed to do it. And I thought if I just get to the bottom of this, then it'll. It'll go away. I can educate I'll, my way yeah, out of this. I'll, information yeah. will help. Sure. And I, 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 you know, I absolutely believe that was critical, but it did, still didn't fix it. It doesn't. Information doesn't fix it. Talking about it doesn't fix it. So you know, as I've moved into this last phase, which I can still remember, um, hearing and reading Colossians three, and being reminded of. And I mentioned it last week, but being reminded of the order I had gotten backwards. You know. In Colossians 3, it talks about fixing your eyes on Jesus, and then it talks about putting to death sin. The, the sin. And I had focused so much on fixing this sin and killing it and focusing on it, and it wasn't fixing it. It wasn't removing any temptation. It wasn't... So the, I had gotten the order backwards, and I needed to grow in my affection for Jesus. I needed to... And I knew I needed to be spending time with God. That sure. wasn't, there was never, that wasn't a new idea. Yep. It was just like, wait a minute. So the answer is Jesus. And as Jesus, then Jesus leads me to put to death these things. Yeah. Um, and so that was huge. And, and that is, uh, honestly, I believe the, the answer. Um, and, I, and I think all those things are important. Confession, accountability. And I would even say maybe not so much. Accountability takes on a kind of a Christianese term sometimes but I think men especially having a band of brothers that you are not just talking about your sin but talking about who you want to be as a man and yeah. and what God's called you to and men I need you to hold me accountable to be who God's called me to be and to do the things God's called me to do and and so when I have men that I know are committed to that man that that inspires me to want to I feel like I'm on an adventure with them and 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 you know so that was huge but but information and reading about it and you know is helpful too and is important but then ultimately it's that relationship with christ that's that's huge so when you're sitting down with someone you, you walk them through kind of your journey yep. then is that kind of one of the yep. things that you're doing a little yep. bit of a 
Yep. Um, so, and by the way, that doesn't mean that that's the only way right. uh, to do it, but that definitely Scott is willing to share that yep. part of his story, and yep. then you get to focus on Christ, see how these things help, but then realize, no, there really still needs to be more. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yep. Um, Sharon, uh, I'm going to ask you, if, if you were to do a rough estimate, how, how often when you're dealing with situations um, does, does pornography come up? Like uh, if you're if you're going to be meeting with uh, I don't know I think you meet like with seven thousand people a week but mm-hmm. if you're going to be meeting with uh, say the next ten people um, just if if you were to take an assessment how many people that you're dealing with on a regular basis and I know it may, maybe it's not even a fair question because I know people come to you for lots of different reasons but um, I guess you, I think you know what I'm trying to ask is how consistent is this part of a network of problems that are existing in people's lives and how do you how are you addressing that Yeah. Well, I think pornography is a much bigger issue, at least that we have an awareness of it sure. more today um, than, say, even when I started working here um, several years ago. Hmm. Um, but, and it is, oh, I'd say maybe for me and the people I see, but I think that would be different than the people that you guys see. Sure. Um, I would say maybe one out of eight to ten. Okay. Um, uh, but as you ask, how do we work with people? You know, really working with someone who comes in and says, I have a problem with pornography or another sexual addiction, the way I work with them isn't that different from the way I work with any other issues in life. Hmm. I think it always starts with, I think, first of all, they and I have to have um, an awareness that this is not just, it's not just about seeing something in the way of pornography, but admitting this is, there are physical, cognitive, um, emotional, behavioral, Mm -hmm. spiritual, and relational aspects to every problem that all of us Mm -hmm. deal with. And, and, and so that's, seeing and that's, the you whole that, picture. You do that in everything. Regularly, and you're saying that yes. we should look at pornography that way, that there's yes. so many factors that have got us to this point. Yes. And so it's important to do an, an initial but also an, an ongoing assessment uh, because until we are aware of what's going on, we can't accept it. So we are, unless we see... Hmm. all of those from what's happening and what is real, we can't face the truth. And until we can face the truth and be aware of it, we can't deal with it. So are you, and, are you, are you kind of saying then in, in part that maybe there's a problem when we look at pornography use as a spiritual issue, right? And as, I mean, as an only spiritual issue. Is that kind of what you're getting at a little bit, that you need to kind of look at how it's also a relational issue or how it's yes. also a... And so when people just think of it as like this sin, and so I'm going to handle it like a right. compartmentalized sin, compartmentalized sin issue, right. that that's really you're you're trying to get at a much more holistic. Right. Is, that, is that fair? I do. Okay. Yeah, but never without that spiritual. Sure. Yeah. 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 That and I think that's key. Yeah. I mean, I could never think that I could help somebody if without the spiritual issue. Sure. But if they are dealing with something emotional they're not facing yeah and they're then they're going to keep failing and you know they're they're doing all these 
things right to pursue Jesus, but if they're not um, facing the emotional issues, they're going to keep failing and wonder why. Yeah. And so I think it's important to look at all of those issues. That's helpful. And then after we do that, we can make a plan of action to to deal with all of those things. Um, and so that that involves ongoing um, meeting with a counselor. It, it's ongoing account, helping them find accountability partners, helping them, um, you know, I think always when an addiction is involved, there needs to be a period of abstinence so that you can grow other things um, in your life. Um, and a time of working on replacing bad habits with good habits. And, um, and then it's a matter of working on self-control. And spir- But spiritual growth is key. And we've always got to ask, do you have that relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus Christ mm-hmm. to grow? Mm-hmm. And what's your desire for that? And recognizing that we're not just trying to take something away from you. We're helping you, trying to help yeah. you find something absolutely better and richer than what you've had before. You know, let yeah. me ask you this. I know that, Sharon, you'd like to be prepared, so I'm going to ask you a question that I haven't prepared you for. Um, help, help differentiate the difference between someone who has, uh, say, a problem with pornography and, a, and an addiction to pornography. How would, you, how would you differentiate that? Is everyone who looks at pornography an addict? I, I would argue no, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, so how would you begin to differentiate? And I'm sure it's not just you know, radically clear, right? Um, but right. tell me, tell me how. And that's part of the reason for the assessment is because it's so different for everybody. Okay. If we're dif- different for everybody, um, Scott and I were talking about this earlier, and we were, I w- we were using a word rut. How deep is the rut? Okay, that's a good. Um, and ha- one way of assessing that is how how much does it affect your life? Okay. Is it are you spending money on it? How much okay. of your time is involved? Okay. Um, how much is it affecting your relationships you know when it when it has a functional aspect that's getting deeper and deeper that indicates how much of an addiction and how destructive it is to your life and then so it's probably even good for us to realize that um we need to treat problems like problems and addictions like addictions i.e there is a greater intensity and therefore more of a radical uh hard line approach depending upon the degree to which it's affecting your life Mm mm-hmm and so if it's really affecting your life, that that period of abstinence and how um, how much of your life it involves may mean, okay, I've been trying to do this while I maintained living the rest of my life, but I'm not succeeding. Yeah. So I'm the person who needs to go to a treatment center sure. where it's 24-7 and I've got help. Yeah. And part of that, part of... I think us working with people is being able to assess when do we need to refer. Yeah, yeah, and I know I know that you know we do that, and I know even you do that. Yeah, um, you know oh, we absolutely. all we all will admit this yeah. is this is this is outside of my yeah. you know, my my yeah. pay grade, so to speak. So. One of the things I'd, I probably don't do, you know, as you talk about assessing and and looking at those those five categories. I mean, one of the things I I don't think I do a good enough job doing, and you're saying that is really helping me to realize how, how important that assessment is to, to discover how deep that rut really is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
the science is crazy about how our brains can create new pathways. neurological pathways yeah. and that can work for us and against us. But man, if you've if you have a constant habit of turning to this when things are stressful, or you're tired, or you're bored, or you're whatever, you turn to this. The, the more you turn, the deeper that rut grows, and the more you begin to the more sacrifices you make to hide it, to to experience it, to you know. There's all these things, and so one of the things that I, I really want to that I'm going to leave here doing a better job of as, is asking those specific questions. How much time does this take you? Does this cause money? Are you, are you, um, you know, are, are you risking, what, what are you risking yeah. in doing this? Cause that, that'll determine how deep and maybe what the steps of recovery are. Yeah. yeah. And they and need, and need the to respond. We need to respond to the situation. Yeah. Appropriately to the yeah. situation. You're going to yeah. say, Sharon. Well, you know, and just like I suggested, it's, it's a physical matter. Um, and so part of the things is doing a physical assessment. How do you take care of your body? Mm. Do you get enough sleep? Do mm. you eat well? Do you exercise? Because that's what keeps not only, you know, the rest of my body, but my brain in good health. And if my brain's not in good health, mm. I'm going to have a harder time fighting that addiction. So we want to help them in every way possible. Mm. That's interesting. Um, let me say one quick thing that, that we said earlier that I thought was really good. Um, you know, Teaching people to say no to the instant gratification, teaching people to say no to looking at these pictures and and saying no to masturbation, especially as they're you know caught up in that, is is not saying, not denying a basic need. It's it's planting seeds to have true and real intimacy later down the road. To, yeah, with God and with your yep. spouse. Yeah. Yep. Um, next question I want to ask, and um, I, I really want to kind of deal with like the moment that you discover it. You're a friend, and the moment you find out that your friend is wrestling with this, or uh, a parent discovers something on their child's phone or iPad or whatever, um, a, or spouse, spouse, yeah. a spouse that recognizes this. Um, what would you say? Uh, what would what recommendation would you give to a parent or to a spouse or to a friend? Um, how do I first? deal with this situation what do i what do i do what advice would you give to our people who um are going through this and who are uh who are acting mm -hmm. how would you tell them they need to act when this is when this is going on scott yeah so again i'll go back to my experiences i've talked to men uh it's, it's specifically in a, in a spouse context but sometimes in a in a girlfriend relationship or, or whatever but specifically in a spouse context, the reaction I've, I've seen men have um, is one of two directions of extreme. One, of, one is, is uh, an extreme of insecurity and um, self-loathing. In my case, the spouse, the wife, will hear of this and, and completely become unglued and unraveled and, and feel like it is, it, it's, all, it's like because of them, and, and some, so there's some women that, that feel the blame that I'm the reason you have had to turn to that. Mm. It's totally unhealthy. Mm. And there's some women that just make it about them and, um, and, and rightly so, they're hurt and they're angry and all that's healthy and normal, but it, it goes to an unhealthy insecurity lashing out. The other side of the spectrum is is the okay whatever i don't get it but whatever and not care like <laughs> sure 
Sure. And, and and not and not that they don't don't care. They just don't know what to do. And so whatever. Sure. I'm just not going to bring it up again. They're not going to accept it. Yeah. But like, they really don't know how to help you. That's weird. That but okay. that's dumb. That's, you guys are weird. You know. And and so, in in the reason that's unhealthy is because there isn't a, um, there isn't a. Men need to know that it's hurtful. That's yeah. a, I think men need to know wives that this is hurtful to you. And if you don't know it is, it is. I mean it's it's hurting you. It's hurting him it's hurting you and, and him and so there can be a like well she didn't seem to care kind of reaction and so therefore i guess i'm not really hurting anybody and that's yeah. not true yeah it really is hurting someone um so i think there's a there's a healthy response that says i'm hurt i'm angry this is going to change some things this is wrong this is wrong this hurts so us. you need to label it as sin absolutely it's not a problem it's absolutely. a sin yeah and one of the healthiest responses I've ever heard to, um, it wasn't necessarily about pornography, it was about something else, it was about infidelity. Um, but one of the healthy responses I've ever heard is a wife looking at a husband going, listen, this hurts, and I'm hurt, but you've sinned against God, first and foremost, and I'm my relationship with God is more important than my relationship with you anyway, so I'm good. <laughs> And you there's got a the health. There, yeah, yeah, there's a health. She's not denying. Yeah, it. There's like a health. yeah. I've got stuff that God's going to work through with me on, and you, you've got you've got to deal with this with God, and you've got to work through this with God, and this is going to suck for you, but I'm good, and and um, I remember talking to the husband about this because he was telling me this, and I'm just blown away by that response because I rarely hear that response, and he, what he said was, I learned in that moment that I wasn't the center of her world. And that God was, and I also learned what it meant to have a relationship with God, because He saw it in her. Yeah, yeah. So she's saying it not in an detached way, not in an I don't yep. care way. No, oh, she was, but in a deeper, more yeah, fundamental she was way. Fundamentally yeah. hurt. She was yeah. upset. She was, which is interesting. It's a little bit of like put your own oxygen mask on first before you help your child on an airplane. Yeah, I mean, you need to make sure that you're you're healthy. And, and in a way, yeah. she's saying, I'm healthy, so I'm going to be fine. I don't need to overreact. I don't yeah. need to panic. Um, and so you're going to have to, and I can help you with this, yes. but in the end, like, I'm not, I'm not yeah. a drowning person who's going to yes. help drown you. She said, she, I, I was able to ask her about it later. She said that she goes, I was so upset. I was so hurt. I was all those things, but, but the faithfulness of God and my relationship with God was so much stronger in that moment, yeah. that the Holy Spirit's presence was so much stronger in that moment that I knew that I was going to be good. Yeah regardless of what he chose to do and not do. Yeah. Sharon, what would you what would you add to that? I mean, yeah. and maybe you know, maybe here, here's one I you know, I hate to just put one on you, but um, I've had to deal with parents who say I just found this on my kids whatever um, whatever device that they're using. What immediate advice so for those parents who haven't yet had that happen or for parents who are continually finding it on their children's what should be their response? Yeah. I think one of the things we really want to avoid is giving somebody that that person that we find this out from the feeling that oh my gosh there's something wrong with you that can never be changed um that is a feeling of shame and it shame is the idea that there is something wrong with me that can never change but as christians we don't believe that Hmm. as christians we know that there's nothing so bad with a person that God can't redeem it. Mm-hmm. And so we want to not, as people, we want to give people that same um, hope. hope, yes, hope that God gives us. And so we want to be people who 
who transmit God's hope to others even during that difficult time. So like you were saying about that wife, mm-hmm. it wasn't like she was going to, okay, I'm going to go away and have nothing to do with you. Yep. Um, I'm here, but I'm strong. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I will help you become what God yes. intended you to be. I've, I've, I've actually dealt, you know, I'll, let me jump in here real quick. I remember it was so easy for me to see it in somebody else, but there yeah. was a, a family that was dealing with a son who came across gay pornography. And I remember getting the call from them, and they said they tried to make sure they didn't overreact, which I thought was really kind of a wise thing, but now they're confused, you know. And I think that's where it really matters. Mm-hmm. I know of, of young men um, that I have had a chance to, I don't know, counsel, befriend, help, and they've had issues with pornography, and, and some of them actually gay pornography. Mm-hmm. And they were young, and it was very an impressionable time. And mm-hmm. one particular case I was, I was working with or helping through, his father's response and the father's name-calling, whose mm-hmm. father was not a Christian, by the way, whose name-calling really scarred and shaped and kind of drove a, kind of a stake in that, in that particular experience that messed him up seriously. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, again, remember that. Wow, okay. And it's not like, hey, don't don't overreact because it's not a big deal. No, it's that remember the bigger pictures. Like you're talking about this woman that saw the bigger picture of her relationship with Christ so she could help her. As you're describing, Sharon, remember the hope that actually comes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and make sure that we address that. Make sure we come from that perspective. Um, so, you know, here's what I want to end up then. So the last question for our remaining time is going to ask this. Um, you know, one of the reasons why maybe we don't need to overreact because what we're really talking about here is a uh, is a is a warped, sinful, broken um, dimension of a natural urge that God has placed in every one of us. Mm. So how do we how do we move forward when, in the end, God has given us sexual desires? God has given us sexual desires for a reason um, that ultimately ends up with the glorification of Him, and that is so bizarre to talk about, but I believe it's true theologically. Um, so since that is the case, how, how do we move forward saying, listen, sex is good in, in, this, in the right context. Sex is a, is a wonderful thing. You are a sexual being that God has made in his image. Um, here is the day. How do, you, how do you navigate, you know, be sexual, but don't be perverted because that is a complicated tightrope for most people to walk down. So Sharon, I'm going to kind of ask you, you know, mm-hmm. how, how, how do we navigate that? Well, I think we we need to understand that we misunderstand mm-hmm. our stories. Mm-hmm. We misunderstand our life. We think of our life as primarily human, and we put God off yeah. the side, or we separate him. Mm-hmm. Our relationship with him is just about part of life. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very important that real to realize that, you know, back to an old saying, that we are primarily spiritual beings who also have a human experience and and so in instead of giving up the human experience or thinking that we can't have it no we have it in the way that god intended it Hmm. and when we have it in the way that god intended it it is far more beautiful and enjoyable and fulfilling and exciting than anything we have without that that is so huge. <laughs> like Because what you're describing is... What so Sharon said something that was really very, helpful. Again. Very, very good. Um, that's why she has a song named after her. I mean, that's, that's true. I, mean, no, I don't. I don't You either. don't either. No. 
I mean, a Jimmy Biscuit song that would be. Oh, that who would, be who would sing that? That'd be a good song. Anyway, um, he's doing embarrassing. Hey Jimmy, <laughs> you're so fun. You're so fun. You blow my uh, mind. Hey Jimmy. Uh, hey see, Jimmy. No, it's not. No, no, it's not. It's Mickey. Bad. Dang it. So good try. <laughs> um, but what what you're saying is like in those moments when when you have these desires, um, and culture has told you that sex is the ultimate human experience and that we are human beings mm-hmm. to have a human experience. And so that if it's the ultimate one, then I should be able to have it and with and with whoever and with, without whoever I want. And so what you're saying is, is so radically different that in those moments we say, no, 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 I'm a spiritual being. So God's given me this body for his glory. Mm-hmm. And so how do I use it for him? You know, and the, the Bible is very clear about using the members of your body for his glory. And right. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, that's just huge. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mindset shift. It's a totally upside down way of thinking about my needs and my urges and all those things. And it's, it's going, yeah, no, I'm, I'm a spiritual being that God's given me a human body for his glory for me to use for him. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting how you, you, were, you were talking, if I, if I looked at the big picture of what you're trying to say, Sharon, you're really challenging or encouraging us to show the narrative, right? You kept talking about we're part of a bigger story. Yeah. Let's look at this. So it's so critical. So forget about what you do when you discover pornography on your child's device. But more than that, like how are you demonstrating healthy sexuality yeah. the 98% of the rest of the time that you're not dealing with this one particular issue? Are you showing what a healthy sexuality looks like? I mean, for all that my parents have done well, and I mean, it's not a chance they're going to be listening to a podcast. It <laughs> take me 20 days to explain what a podcast is, although they have heard of the internet. But anyway, um, you know, honestly, this is the one thing, I don't mean to be overly critical, this is the one thing where my parents failed me. Um, was everybody was going to be talking to me about sex, and I had to figure it out, and I knew that there was something that was bad and something that was wrong, but it was supposed to ultimately be good, and I was left to navigate that. And yeah. my dad's kind of, you know, his, his, the talk was, uh, son, when you're married, you'll figure it out. And a little bit was um, of kind of a kind of a shame mentality. You know, we just don't talk about those things. I remember asking my dad a question one time, and his answer was, never you mind. <laughs> okay, but dad, I mean, I, I, okay. Thanks. He had to say that to you a lot. Yeah, though. he did have to say that <laughs> a lot. But, but, you know, but honestly, that's the, the part that, I, again, my parents did so much right. They showed me what fidelity looks like in, in staying together. Um, I, 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 I miss it. I, I've, I've missed the fact that. So this is what this really does actually look like. It's interesting. Paul doesn't have a problem talking about it. Yeah. Right. Paul talks about it. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the element that I think is really, really important. So it's kind of an extension. I know we're running out of time, but this is a big deal to me. Scott, I want, let me, I'm just going to throw it at you. So what does the end game look like? This is huge that no one is talking about, mm-hmm. which is so then like when someone's dealing with alcohol, the answer is quit drinking to get drunk. Mm-hmm. Okay. This one is a really complicated one. Is the end game, because we, we say this, pornography is really not the problem. You both agree with this, right? Pornography is really not the, that's not the sin. The sin isn't in the pornography. The sin is in my own heart. Mm-hmm. And the sin resides in my own desire to exploit or to manipulate yeah. or to find gratification in something outside of Christ. Those are all the deeper truths that we are trying to communicate to our people. Mm-hmm. Is the end game never looking at porn again? Is the end game... Um, never masturbating again mm-hmm. is the end game never lusting again and that's one of the things that I have found is it is the most complicated 
final destination. I've worked with people through other addictions where the meth finally stopped, okay, or apparently has, or the alcohol has finally stopped. This one's much more different because it seems to reside so deeply inside the human heart that um, I know people who still wrestle with the root of pornography, even though they don't look at pornography. Where is the end game? Does that make sense? So I think um, you said pornography isn't really the problem. Pornography is the symptom sure. of the problem. Sure. It's just a symptom that there is a deeper problem somewhere else. And does the end game look like not looking at pornography again? Yes. But why did, why is that? Because the end game is something so much higher that pornography is not even on the radar again. Yeah. Uh, we recognize that it's so much different that we're pursuing something different. And so we don't see it as something that's being taken as, oh, poor me, I can't do it that again. It's, oh, there's something better in store for me. Okay, so then uh, here's, yeah. where I, here's what I want to talk about then. Yeah. So what if, what if pornography is not the problem? Because I, I really think that, and this is what I can't find anybody talking about. What if a man learns to understand how to not look at pornographic images, but has found other images that are acceptable, okay, that are acceptable? It's not pornography. It's a uh, swimsuit illustrated. It's not pornography. It's um, um, Miami Vice. I mean, I'm trying to think of a TV show. It's not. It's not pornography. It's it's truly not. Like I can't get fired for this. Um, I don't have to confess this to my friends. Basically, what I do is I masturbate to these images. That in the end, I don't have to delete them off my phone. I can find them on. I, I've had these confessions from some very committed, diligent young men that are going. I don't have a pornography problem. I don't even need pornography. Yeah. My mind can go to places, and do we, obviously, I'm not asking the question, is that okay? No, we yep. know that's not okay. Yep. But in the context of the end game, I know of wives, and I technically I don't know of any husbands, who are still deeply hurt by that. Should they be hurt by that? Is that not acceptable, but are we in the ballpark of normal? You know, <laughs> yes, because, you know, Sharon and I were talking about it earlier, and you and I talked talk a little bit about it. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Jesus is not only the means, but also the end. He is the end. An intimacy, an intimacy with God is the ultimate human experience. It's the ultimate thing we are created for. And so and, uh, it also happens to be the very thing that helps us get there, too. So he, intimacy with God is the end, and intimacy with God is how we get to the end. And, and I, so, so anytime anybody, especially a student, will come and ask me, is, is masturbation a sin, um, you know, is like I want to start there because because sure. that's that's got to be said over and over and over and over. See, we talk about. But, can I tell you? We talk about pornography all the time. Yes. But are we really talking about masturbation? No, not really, not really. Um, we're talking about lust. I mean, so we're dealing with lust issues. We're dealing with all kinds of stuff. But I but I but I want to say I want to say. The danger is giving God giving someone permission because. There's got to be a process of, of progressive sanctification. Someone is growing in their relationship with Christ and their understanding of Christ, being transformed in his likeness. So there's a process there. Can, can the people that know and love that person that's in this process be gracious and understand and see the bigger picture? Yeah, can awful. they walk with them? Because the danger is if you draw a hard line, then 
then the then the families or whoever can react in such a way that that would tell the guy, well, then I guess I'm not. Let's forget it. I can't. Yeah. I can't do it. So if I can't do it, then it's over. So there's got to be some grace there. But I would never, ever, ever give a guy permission. Yeah. Never ever say, oh, you know, hey, we all. But because as long as it's not pornography, yeah. you've got to pass. No, look, I mean, but don't touch. No, yeah, I mean, all of that is not Christian. Yes, it's are you are you dealing with these deeper, deeper issues of lust and, our, and consumer and you know as we as men are created to like not only have a relationship with God but also make a difference in this world through God's Spirit and for His kingdom. And so when we're doing those things, and this is not only what I counsel, but also my experience, not only what I believe theological but experiential, that when I am when I'm close with God and when I'm doing the things God's called me to do, man, those temptations aren't even an issue. Sure. It's, it's when I get lazy. It's when I am tired or bored or stubborn or whatever. And I can, I can be tempted by those things. And so I've got to constantly be on guard. I've got to constantly be in, in community. And So, Sharon, you're saying there is a difference, right, between pornography use and just an ongoing struggle with lust. Any... I guess final words in trying to navigate that a little bit. Ongoing struggle with lust is always going to be there as long as we're, you know, it's never, it's not a fight. We can, just like all of other sins in our lives, we're going to struggle with them all our lives. So it's never thinking. We need to not think, oh, I'm never going to be tempted with sin again. Yeah. Um, we need to recognize that I always have to be working on this. I always have to be diligent about pursuing my relationship with God because as long as we're in this world, temptation is going to come to us from source, other sources. So Andrew and I walk from in. From within me or someone within. Andrew and I walk in. We're getting some help from you. Um, and I'm saying to you, hey, I, I truly, I've got no pornography use, but I still wrestle with lust. And Andrea is upset by that. Andrea is deeply disturbed by that. You would tell her, listen, I'm not asking you to accept this, but I'm asking you to accept this is different than a pornography problem. Is that accurate? Underneath, <laughs> it is, like we the said a while route. ago, pornography the is still route. a symptom. And okay. those things are still a symptom. And both of them are symptoms of a sin problem, of a lack of relationship with God. Okay. Ah, oh, I feel like there's so much more we can talk about. I know. Okay. Well, who knows? <laughs> we'll uh, we'll wrap this up. Uh, it'll go through the editing process that Steve does a great job of. We'll send it out. We'll see what's happening. Um, I really appreciate you guys. Thank you. I know you're busy and um, all that stuff, but uh, I think this subject matter works. We're not saying we said it all, but we've yeah. done the best that we can for this. Um, we're here for you guys. We love you. Um, Jesus is better and bigger. Uh, let us know how we can help. God bless, and uh, we'll talk to you next time.